In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us the Son, so that we might kill Him and find life in that. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I started this off with the question, what kind of renter are you? And um, let's just kind of get a sense of how many of us are or have been in that situation. How many of you are currently renting? Okay, a few of you, a few of you, okay. How many of you ever in your lifetime have rented? Okay, pretty much all of us, right? Um, and they, they, there's a few of us that have gotten out of that, that um, situation, but um, uh, all of us kind of have this sense of what it means to be a renter, to be a tenant, to be somebody who pays money so that you can live in somebody else's owned land and owned house or apartment or whatever. Now, I remember being a renter. Being a renter is actually can be kind of a pretty good gig because when you get to being an owner, you learn all of the stuff that your landlord did for you. You you find out what it's like to own your own property and to do all of the work that goes along with owning your own property and paying all of the taxes that come along with owning your own property and all of that stuff. And so you really get this appreciation of what it was like to rent after you've rented if you ever get into that situation. But I had a little bit of an early appreciation of what it meant to be a landlord because I actually got to work for a landlord while I was still renting. I came back from college and um, a few, uh, my dad knew somebody who was a landlord and uh, summer was a very busy time for this guy because summer was the time that the leases were up. And so there was a lot of people who terminated their lease. They didn't renew their lease. And that meant that they, he needed somebody to go into that apartment and to check it out and to fix the stuff that needed fixing, clean the stuff that needed cleaning, and um, put a new fresh coat of paint over it all. Well, that was my job. And this guy seemed to attract tenants that were Maybe not quite as bad as the tenants in our gospel reading today, but they seemed at times like they got close. These were tenants who were just kind of filthy, disgusting people. There were people that left their apartments in shambles. And it didn't help that most of the places that this guy owned were in, well, really kind of economically depressed areas, and a lot of times he actually had me go in after an eviction, and after you're evicted, you just figure, well, I'm already losing everything anyway, I might as well punch a few holes in the wall. And so I would go in after this kind of stuff happened, and I would do kind of disgusting work sometimes, you know, cleaning out a refrigerator that had been unplugged and left that way for two weeks. Taking a putty knife and scraping bacon grease off of a wall. 
is all kind of gross stuff. And it got me to a point where I kind of appreciated what it was like to be a landowner. Even though I didn't own any of these places, I got the sense of what it was like to suffer so that those places would be kept up. Well, that's where our little weekly tour through the Bible starts off. Isaiah 5. The Lord planted a vineyard. It was a good vineyard. And yet, when he goes back and he checks on it, he finds where he expected to find regular grapes, he finds wild grapes, which are like, oh, wild grapes, that sounds very hipster. Uh, you know, I could probably even charge more for that. But wild grapes are sour grapes. They're grapes that can't be used for anything. And, and it's sort of like he was walking into this apartment and going, that refrigerator is unplugged. Or look at the hole in the wall. And he's going back in and he's going, this is not what I want. And so his solution to that problem is to obliterate the vineyard. It would be like a landlord walking into that apartment and saying, I'm just, I'm just going to tear this building down. It'd probably be easier than fixing all of this stuff. That's a solution. Then we get to the psalm. And the psalm is actually written from the perspective of, of the tenant. But it's written from the perspective of the tenant who knows that they have done something wrong. It's written from the perspective of the tenant, possibly who's still living in the apartment. Occasionally, I got to do that one too, where I got to get called into an apartment that was still being lived in. And I would, and there was something wrong, you know, there's something going wrong with the sink or something wrong with this or that. And I would go into the apartment and I was your worst nightmare. Not because I was anything terrible, but because we sort of tend to live a certain way in our own space. And then when somebody else gets invited into that space, depending on who we are, then we all of a sudden get really shameful about the way that we have been living. Because there's dishes piled up in the sink, because you haven't vacuumed in like, I don't know, three months because there's stuff all over the place. People would always be very apologetic. and Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry this is this way. Let me get that out of your way. And that's what the psalm is like. The, just, just give us another chance. All of a sudden, I'm cut to the heart. I realize how bad this looks. Restore your faith in me. Restore your trust in me. And then you have the negative example that you find in the Gospel reading. Where you have this kind of weird sharecropping system where the master leaves. And as the master leaves, he says, hey, I'm going to expect a certain percentage of the fruit. I'm going to send some people, they're going to pick it up, and that's going to be rent. And everybody involved says, okay, that sounds like a great idea. And so he sends the, the, his servants to go and pick up the fruit. What do they do? Well, they kill them. They beat them. They stone them. 
And for whatever reason, the master says, oh, well, they must have just not known who those people were. I'll send another delegation, even more people. And they do the same thing to them. And this is where it gets, I think, a little bit confusing for us, because then he says, well, I'm going to send my son and surely they'll respect my son. Which, you know, it sounds sort of like a mafiosi thing to do, right? I'm going to send my son. Now respect him. But the mafiosi thing continues to be the case, and he shows up, and boom! Actually, they take him out into the vineyard, and then boom! Even worse, because they're probably beating him along the way. And so you have that happening as they're continuing this story. And you go, well, why, why was that a thing? Why, you know, why, why did they think that that was going to be a good idea? Well, the reason that they thought that it was going to be a good idea was that there was this sort of legal loophole thing that was happening. That if the master of the house left the tenants alone for three years that they could claim ownership. They could claim sort of squatter's rights. And there was going to be nobody who could establish that the owner of that place was this family anymore. Because the owner was probably getting older, he was probably getting on in his ways. And there was no son who was going to be able to take over. And so they say, if we kill this guy, this place is ours. And you go, okay. That's an interesting story. But what on earth does that have to do with me? Because even in the gospel reading itself, it seems to say... Well, this is not about you. This is about the Pharisees and the scribes and all of the usual sort of baddies that you expect in the Bible. And you go, oh, aren't they terrible? But then you have to start to work out, well, what kind of tenant are you? If... This is what God has given you to live in. This is what God has given you to live in. How are you treating it? What's going on in there? And when He sends His Word into your life, because Jesus is the Word, right? He's the Son, and He's also the Word. And when His Word comes into your life, do you immediately take a look at Him and go, let's kill it! That way we can own all of this! I think, oftentimes, that's the case. Is that we go, well, if I just... Continue to live my life and don't let that Bible stuff in. And, well, if it does get in, then I'm going to beat it down as quick as I can. Throw it out in the vineyard. And then maybe 
sort of play nice on Sunday mornings, but then when I get out, I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to beat that word to death before it actually impacts me. I mean, that's my story a lot of times. I can only imagine that it's a part of all of our stories. But here's the thing. The sun comes willingly. I mean, that's the story that Jesus is telling here, right? He's giving us a preview of what is going to happen to him. He's saying, look... This whole story is about how God, back in Isaiah, was saying that he had a vineyard. And he let that vineyard out to tenants. And you know what? You guys, the religious authorities in Israel, you guys are are those tenants. And you know what? It's come to the point where I'm here now. I'm the son, and I know what you're going to do to me. I know that you're going to beat me. I know that you're going to kill me. I know that you're going to take me out of the city, and you're going to hang me on a cross where I am going to die. And you think that you're going to do that because it will give you control. But what it will actually give you is an eviction notice. And he says, I'm doing that so that I can include people. So that I can bring people in that will bear fruit. So that I can bring people in that when my servants show up, when my word shows up in their life, they're going to welcome it. Because they realize that they get to keep most of the fruit. I mean, that's the good news for us, right? Is that we get to be tenants. We get to be people that get to enjoy what God has given us. Even to the point of enjoying, strangely, His death. We get to enjoy the fact that He was on a cross for us. We get to enjoy the fact that He weekly here offers His body and His blood to you. That He gave on the night before He was betrayed. On the night before all of this happened and He was dragged out of the vineyard. We get to enjoy this vineyard. Because it's a gift from Him. Because he gladly became the son who was killed. So this week, may you recognize the great price that Jesus paid in order to give you the vineyard. And out of that great price, may you recognize how worthwhile, how valuable your life is to God. Amen.